thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again. I'm super excited to bring you this episode because I think it is so important that we discuss postnatal nutrition. We are all tied into the birth and that well important day and it is of course but we often forget what happens afterwards so we have some very uh, wise bits uh, of information from Jillian here my guest today sharing all about what people can do to uh, make sure they're right on track. Jillian is a fully qualified nutritional therapist who studied at the Institute for Optimum Nutrition in London and she's also a member of the British Association for Applied Nutrition and Nutritional Therapy and the Complementary and Natural Healthcare Council. She has a nutrition therapy practice in Old South in Amsterdam, really close to my practice well-being chiropractic also in Old South and is a mum of two boys. As a mum and a currently pregnant with her third, she is keen to share what she's learned about postnatal nutrition and motherhood over the last nine years. She also has a special interest in fertility, women's health issues and autoimmune conditions. She is passionate about helping people to be the healthiest that they can be using foods and nutrients for natural healthcare and well-being. She loves educating and empowering her clients to take control of their health to see the true benefits of eating the right foods. She really believes all women can have an amazing experience during pregnancy, labor, and the first few years of motherhood, as do I. Gillian was a recent speaker at the Amsterdam Motherhood Project event and is here on our episode today talking to us about the extremely important and often forgotten subject of post-nutrition for the mother. Super excited to bring her on to the show and I've known her a long time, so I'm also very happy to share, share her with you and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Gillian. So excited to have this uh, interview with you. Um, please tell the listeners yeah. a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Kaz. Uh, thanks for asking me to be on the podcast. Um, it's very exciting to be here. And yeah, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm originally from England, but I've been living in Amsterdam now with my Dutch husband uh, for the last nine years. I can't believe it's been nine years. It's gone so fast. But um, yeah, during that time, we've uh, had two boys together that are now seven and five years old. Um, and basically, we're really thrilled to say that uh, we're expecting our third. Yay! Who's, yay! And, uh, and it's a little girl, and she's due in August. So um, I'm hoping she brings a little bit of balance into my very male-dominated <laughs> house. <laughs> um, been a bit of girl power because it's uh, it feels very boyish around here but it's it's wonderful so much energy my goodness I know I know you see it when I come into the uh, when I've been into well-being you know there's just there's just a force of nature boys oh yeah no so, I, I see the difference <laughs> between the boys and the girls it's just innate yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, no, I feel very, very lucky, and very blessed um, that we're having our third child, and um, and yeah, and it's and and it's very exciting uh, to to be going through it again. Um, sort of like nearly six years after the after my youngest now. Um, You'll have her signed up to ballet and having glitter sparkles (laughs) around the house before she's even born. Probably she's going to be the biggest toy tomboy, you know, and just like uh, racing around and uh, it'll be so funny. Yeah, 
uh, it probably won't be any pink in the house at all but you never know you never know um but uh but yeah no it's 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 great and we're really really happy about it I'm thrilled for um, you too well I, you. I really would love you to share I mean you have so much wisdom to share and now even more so that you're going through it like it's so pertinent but um yeah please tell everyone your journey yeah sure um well, you know, I, um, I'm a nutritional therapist and um, I got into nutritional therapy about nine years ago um, when I actually first moved to Holland. I, le- I left England, moved here and I knew I wanted to do um, something with nutrition and, you know, it was a good time. I'd left my job in London and I thought, you know, now is the time to make the move and change my career. Um, and I started um, doing uh, my nutritional, nutritional therapy course Um but um, my interest uh, for nutrition and, and nutritional therapy um, started a lot younger. Um, I got into um, nutrition probably about 20 years ago um, because I, um, of my own health concerns, I uh, have a condition uh, called psoriasis, which is an autoimmune condition. And I, um, I got that when I was about 12 years old. Um, so about 30 years ago, uh, and I was misdiagnosed at first, and I told I had some sort of skin fungus, uh, They and I was treated for that for a few years. Um, and then when they realized what it was, I went to see a skin, uh, you know, dermatologist, a skin specialist, and um, they basically looked and said, yeah, you've just got to learn to live with it, use steroid creams, and, um, you know, it was it was really hard to hear that you just have to live with um, with something like psoriasis, and um, you know, and and during those thirty years, the medical advice has not really changed. It's just sort of like use steroid creams. You just have to learn to live with it. It's just the way it is. Um, but you know, I that never really sat well with me. Um, I never really. I believe that, you know, things just happen because they happen. There's always got to be a reason. So um, I started doing research into psoriasis myself and trying to find out what might be causing it. Um, and that's when I kind of stumbled on sort of like what the benefits of like changing your diet and what certain foods can do and sort of changes to your lifestyle and what benefits they can have. And um, And I just started to sort of read more and more and got more and more interested in this area and saw all these wonderful things that you can be doing to try and help it. So it was really encouraging and it felt good to sort of maybe, you know, to be taking control of my own health rather than just being told that I needed to learn to live with it really. Um, And it was funny when I started the nutritional therapy course nine years ago, um, speaking to other people on the course, it was, um, it was the same thing for those people as well. They'd got into nutrition because of their own health problems or um, problems of their family members. And uh, basically, that was the reason how they got into it. And it was just their own like, sort of passion and, and love and research, trying to find out what can be causing problems with their health that kind of led them down the path of nutrition. Um, so that was really sort of amazing to see, you know, that all these other people had sort of found a, a path um, through to nutrition for, for their own health problems. Um, so, you know, it was, it was great. And it was just, I felt really empowered to just finally to be able to sort of understand more about your health and how, what foods can affect it and, you know, and how certain lifestyle choices affect it. So um, that was kind of how I got into nutrition. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, I think, you know, when I um, first, uh, when I got pregnant with my first son, Duke, uh, about eight years ago, um, I was 31 years old then. I'd just been doing the course like uh, one year, so my nutritional therapy knowledge was quite limited, but I was eating pretty well then, you know, I was eating um, yeah, healthy foods. Um, but I was also working full time, um, in my, in, in a job when I, at Nike. Um, so I was pretty busy. Um, so I think when I, uh, wasn't working, I was, um, uh, you know, focusing my time on sort of researching around, you know, um, antenatal nutrition. And of course, I think the biggest thing for me, when you first find out you're pregnant, it, it's like, oh, wow, this is wonderful. Oh, my God, I have to go through labor. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's that, it's that thing in your mind where you're kind of going, okay, you know, this thing that, I don't know. Impending, uh, impending yeah. D-Day. It's, it's this kind of like test of, uh, you know, that, you know, you're going to have to go through something which you've heard so many stories about. And I think when you become pregnant and even this time, this my third pregnancy and, and when you're at dinner parties or friends houses and, you know, you're talking about you being pregnant, it's always comes around to labor and the stories of labor and people's experiences and, um, you know, and some people have some friends, you know, have had some pretty tough experiences in their labor. And I think when you haven't had a child and it's your first um, pregnancy, um, it can kind of send a bit of fear into you and you do get really worried about it. So for me, I think I got kind of a bit obsessed about the whole birthing process. Um, and I kind of threw all my energy into preparing myself kind of mentally and physically for this um, momentous occasion that was going to happen after nine months, um, you know, just to try and help kind of manage my fears and build my confidence. Um, and I kind of did all the courses you can imagine. So a couple of birth preparation courses, I was listening to hypnobirthing CDs. Um, I was did sort of like, um, birth preparation yoga. Uh, so, um, you know, just trying to do everything to get me ready, um, to go into labor and, it, it did really work. I mean, I I felt so much confidence by the time uh, I got round to, you know, sort of a couple of weeks before my birth of my son. And um, I felt really like, come on, I want to try this. You know, I kind of had this confidence. It was great. And I, it was, you know, and it is quite hard to find that because you hear so many people's stories and, you know, stories of friends of friends who had a really awful birth experience. So you really have to kind of focus really hard on yourself and just think, I can do this, you know. Um, and um, I uh, I kind of was always like toying at the beginning of the, you know, um, pregnancy, like would I do a hospital birth or a home birth? But by the end, I was totally home birth. And I was saying to my midwife, I want a home birth. I want to do this. Um, and um it was just kind of I'd managed to really build my confidence. And if I think about it, my mum was uh, a real inspiration, I think, uh, and still is in many ways. You know, she uh, had four children, um, two of which were home birth, all of which were um, completely natural, no drugs at all, um, natural labours. So I thought, you know, if she can do it, I can do this. So um I really wanted to, to, to go with the home birth and, you know, it's a really a personal experience when you are having a home birth and it's, you know, you're just, you've got your own space and it feels really comfortable. So for me, I kind of was like, yeah, this is what I want. Um, and I think we're really fortunate, um, you know, in Amsterdam, don't you think has that it's like, you know, the home births are really encouraged here. 
Um, That's totally set up for home birth. I know, it's fantastic. So it's really offers choice and that's what I love is that wherever you're going to feel most comfortable, please birth there. And if it is, you know, I mean, I also have two home birth experiences and I felt more comfortable at home and I'm supported. If I would have felt more uh, confident in a hospital, I'm also supported. But it's just offers choice and that's how it should be. Exactly. And it's... um, really wonderful and I, 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 I whenever I talk about um, you know having babies in Amsterdam and Holland I always talk with such pride because it's always like mm-hmm. you feel lucky the way I yeah. feel like yeah this is yeah. you know we are very um, blessed yeah really blessed that we were able to do that so and it's really catered for here you know you've got the midwives who were able to come to your house mm-hmm. um so it was great and um, it was a summertime, so it was nice, you know, uh, we, we, uh, we were at home and, um, I used hypnobirthing and uh, I did use a TENS machine, but I have to say, really, I, d- I think the hypnobirthing is definitely the way to go, <laughs> Right. Yeah. you know, um, it really helped me, um, focus, um, on just trying to stay calm mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I think, you know, it's with your first labor, especially you have quite, you know, nerves and expectations of what it's going to be like. So I think anything you can do, like yoga, breathing, um, anything to sort of calm your nerves is definitely going to help. And um, and so, yeah, so I managed to do the whole labor at home and I had amazing midwives around me. And um, I think the whole thing was about 12 hours in total. Started around and my waters broke very gently in the morning um, while I was laying in bed. And, and Duke was born around six in the evening. So um, it was kind of like, wow, this is great. This is really like, you know, the perfect. if I could have said this is how I want it to work, then that would have been it. But of course, there's always something. But um, my, um, I had a bit of a stubborn placenta, and I think, uh, you know, after um, Duke was born, I, uh, I kind of thought, oh, that's it. I completely kind of forgot that I needed to actually push the placenta out, um, and I think I just sort of relaxed and thought, oh, I'm done now. And then the midwife was like, right, we're going to get this placenta out, and I was like, uh, oh God, yeah, of course, <laughs> that's still going to do that. And I, but for some reason, it just didn't want to come. It was um, the midwife was, you know, we were trying, um, get left it a while, tried again, and it just didn't want to come. So, um, you know, it was a real shame. So the ambulance came, and um, I had to go to hospital, and uh, and I remember just, you know, just being a bit annoyed. You know, we'd done everything at home, and then at the last minute, um, Duke and I were off to the hospital. And that night I had to have the placenta surgically removed. Um, and, you know, I it, the, the surgery was fine. It all went straight forward. Um, but I did lose a lot of blood. I lost about a litre and a half of blood. Um, and I have to say that absolutely knocked me physics. I, um, I, I remember coming home the next day and just feeling like rock bottom I looked in the mirror and just thought oh my god I am so pale I feel so dreadful and I I felt really annoyed by that because I you know the whole pregnancy had I felt absolutely amazing and had so much energy um I was racing around really till the last minute the first pregnancy I think you know I just was like right I can still do everything and you know and and you can but it was just uh had so much energy and then when I had uh, Duke, 
and uh, and and this this happened i just i i all the all my energy had had gone with my blood it was just uh i felt so so tired and um as a consequence um, of, of being really anemic, um, I hardly had any milk, and um, and it was it, my milk basically didn't come in. Um, I had hardly anything, and it was it was quite distressing for me at the time, you know. And so um, I was pumping and pumping, and there was literally like nothing there. Um, I went to see breastfeeding specialists, um, and um, they were trying to help him latch on, but he had a very small mouth, they said, and his his lower jaw was very small, so his latch wasn't really working very well, and I had inverted nipples, it turned out. Um, so that made it even harder, and the fact that I had really um, no milk and I just couldn't seem to get milk going, um, that it was just um, the whole thing just wasn't working. And I think... I had not really expected that at all. You know, I kind of just assumed that the whole um, breastfeeding thing would happen really naturally. My baby would immediately sort of latch on and we would have this bonding moment and it was going to work really well. And instead, um, you know, Duke was really distressed because uh, he couldn't latch on and he was wanting to feed, but it wasn't happening. And then there was no milk there. And I was crying because I felt so awful that I couldn't provide him with um, with the with his food, so the whole thing was quite distressing. And you know, at the time, I remember just feeling so beside myself. You know, I I was getting into my nutrition, and I desperately all I wanted to do was be able to breastfeed. Um, and the fact that it just wasn't happening was really I felt like such a failure at the time, and it was awful. And I, I guess I hadn't really prepared myself when I think back for anything after the labor. I'd focused so much on the labor and getting through that that I had put absolutely no thought into a, the sort of what might happen next after um, after I'd given birth. So, um, so common. I know. <laughs> and it was just, oh, I was just, and I think back, I think, oh, bless you, you know, you really should have, you should have thought about that. I remember I would be sitting there breast pumping and trying to read the book about first stages. And I was like, oh, my God, what, what am I going to do now? You know, I don't I don't know. I hadn't really thought about what I needed to do afterwards. So um, I think I don't want that to happen to other women. I think that's kind of part that that's sort of given me sort of the, 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 the passion just to sort of share my story and just sort of say to people and say to women, you know, try not to make that mistake as well. Yes, it's important to focus on the labor and do put time and effort into that because you can have an amazing birth experience, um, especially with things like hypnobirthing. Um, and with my second one, the hypnobirthing, I had a, actually had a, um, a hypnobirthing coach and it was amazing. You know, it was so good that the midwives didn't actually believe I was in labor when I was already sort of like seven centimeters dilated. Yeah. They were like, no, you're not in labor. I was like, I am. They're kind of back to back, you know, and it, but it was, yeah. So um, I would definitely recommend looking into things like hypnobirthing, but I would also say make sure you think about the first stage more and prepare yourself um that you know of what's going to happen and um and have everything on hand ready to kind of get you there and just make and realize that you know things may not happen exactly as you expect um because you know 
it's that's I think the most the biggest thing about being a mother you know is so unpredictable and you really you really can't sort of ex, you know expect everything that's going to happen but just if you're as prepared as you can be for that first stage after um, giving birth your, your postnatal phase then you're you're already in the right place um yeah and one of the best ways you can do that is knowing you know that you for example your anemic story you know what what kind of nutrition you can set yourself up for i mean at the end of the day you've just grown a person so you have had a lot of nutrition sucked out of you um and then you know even you know with feeding or not feeding i mean your body's in this whole different preparative state right and and you are not the priority right the baby is the priority so i don't know from my experience three months you know my hair started falling out and everyone's like that's normal i'm like no it's not you know, and, and I went yeah. and I went and got my blood tested and I was low in everything. And I'm someone who's supplemented more than half my life and been super conscious. And I think if I'm depleted, you know, and, and I had, you know, I didn't have the blood loss you had. And, and I think if I'm that depleted, then, you know, everyone is. I mean, that's also why I really yeah. wanted you to share this because it's so important what you put in during and after. Exactly. Mm, exactly. And I kind of didn't really think about the kind of looking after me after the baby's born you know you really everything is sort of focused on the baby um and but you kind of especially if you're you know you're breastfeeding you've got to make sure that you're looking after yourself as well um because there's so much required of you in that first stage especially um that you know you need to make sure that you don't just think stop thinking about yourself because the baby's actually arrived now and everything's got to be about the baby. You, it's so important that you think about yourself. And I think actually when I look back, I probably, there were, you know, the anemia, I didn't, I mean, yeah, I had I took a little bit of iron, but I wasn't taking my supplements anymore. You know, there was all these things that I think, oh, I should have been doing. But, um, but yeah, so it's, uh, so I think, you know, just really almost can see, you know, after your labor that the sort of next stage is just a kind of continuum of your sort of third trimester, sort of see it as a fourth trimester of, you know, you just continuing looking after yourself and doing the right things um, is really, really important. Um, so, yeah, so I thought, you know, there's so many kind of things when you've just given birth that you're kind of no one tells you about. So I thought, you know, it'd be nice to sort of share some of those little, those things. Yeah, um, I'm sure the listeners would love about that. what. Yeah. But, you know, just, just some tips of things that you can do to help deal with it, really. Um, so I think, obviously, I've just mentioned about how, you know, just prepare yourself that breastfeeding can be quite tricky um, and that it may not happen immediately, but you just have to have patience with it and also already have contact details of a specialist, um, you know, lactation consultant who you can contact um you know, within the first few days, if you if you really need to talk to someone that someone can, you know, give you proper advice and, and teach you how to do the latch properly. Um, for me, you know, the first time I didn't really know about um, nipple shields, which for the second time, it really helped at the beginning when the baby's mouth was very small, you know, just um, using nipple shields um, over your inverted nipples can really help the baby to latch on at the beginning. So, um, you know, those sorts of things, it's really useful to know about and, and a lactation specialist will be able to help you with those and sort of give you some tips um and most importantly for breastfeeding you know just try not to stress out because it's so hard I mean I'm speaking from experience I remember you know feeling so stressed trying to feed Duke when there was really no milk there and the, the your stress just totally 
uh, falls onto the baby and the baby starts to get stressed and there's this whole <laughs> mess. And then, of course, your milk flow doesn't come in when you're stressed either. So, you know, you've really got to just, you know, try and find, you know, breathing techniques to help you relax when you're you're breastfeeding and just be really patient with it. It can take some time um, to, for, it, for it to work. Um, so that's really important, I think. Um, and, you know, and first of all, about three days after you've uh, given birth, your breasts will become quite um, swollen and enlarged. And this engorgement of your breasts is about about day three is your breast milk coming in. And, um, you know, and that's and that's kind of that's what you should expect and it will happen and you know that uh, you can use things to help with with that just to sort of um sort of calm the the swelling is use a uh, cabbage green cabbages i remember the we have someone called a kramzorg in in amsterdam who's this kind of like midwife nurse that comes to your house and she told me about you know you can put cabbage leaves on your breasts um, to sort of soothe them because they can feel a little bit painful, you know, just to run a hot shower when you're you're um, breast pumping or breastfeeding that you kind of gently massage your breast with a hot flannel downwards to just try and um, encourage the milk flow out. So there are definitely things, you know, um, you, you can be doing to help with um, when your, your, your breasts become in, engorged. Um, and when your baby starts feeding for the first time um you can get uh cracked nipples a little bit just because obviously your your nipples aren't used to having a baby latch on um and and feeding like the amount that you have to feed your baby um and actually this is a um something i didn't know about the time but um a friend told me she's been using them um silver plated cups do you know those cans no i know more um, about the lanolin Ah, right, yeah, and and uh, she basically, so you can buy the, the silver-plated cups and you put a little bit of breast milk on them and when your baby's finished uh, feeding, you put them, um, you chill them and then you put this breast milk in and then you put them on and it basically heals the cracked nipples. She had, it's been amazing for her. Um, you can get them on Amazon. They're called silver-plated cups. Amazing. And they're just like little round discs that you can put on and um, she really raved about those um, and said they're fantastic. Um and, um, you know, so and obviously when after you've given birth, you're obviously going to be a bit sore down below. You can have you can cause things like hemorrhoids So just make sure you have cushions around um, and witch hazel um, um, pads, which you can sort of put on to soothe the area. So there's sort of all these things um, you can do to sort of try and make uh, after you've gone through the labor and your body is feeling, you know, like it's definitely gone through an experience. Um, you can do all these wonderful things to help but as you said like with the hair loss you know that's um, something it's true there is a part of it that's your hormones that have you know the changes in your hormones which does kind of um, it basically encourages the hair you know for you to lose Mm -hmm. hair Mm -hmm. but it can also be you know your thyroid's running low you're low on iron as you said you're nutrient deficient so making sure that you um are eating the right foods and taking the right supplements is so important to sort of encourage your hair not to to fall out in such large amounts and just before we Um, go into the supplements and the foods that you recommend i think it's important to touch on the the postnatal blood loss as well um you know i think people don't even know that they're going to be bleeding from down there for quite some time um you know anywhere from 
well, weeks to months actually. And that's like continually having your period all that time. I mean, you know, from what I, from what I know in the Chinese world and, you know, I'm a big fan of acupuncture and Chinese herbs, the, when you are breastfeeding, it's the equivalent in their blood energy. It's like having, losing, having a period. It's like, it's like, it's almost like yeah, blood energy basically. So that amount of time that you breastfeed, it's almost like in the Chinese world that you'd be having a period that whole entire time. And then when we talk about the postnatal uh, bleeding, and you know, from someone like me, very lucky, didn't tear, no issues with placenta. I bled for six weeks first time, and that's really extreme amount of time that I actually ended up having an internal ultrasound to check had there been some retained placenta because that's extremely long amount, but there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. So that's another uh, range of normal. So if you're going to you know, grow a baby, feed a baby, bleed for six weeks you know, as well, I mean, it's so important what you're putting in into replenishing. So let's talk, about, so let's talk about some of the supplements that people can take. And I know if you could go into even some brands would be awesome just because I know some are super constipating. And then also if you could talk about some actual foods rather than just supplementation um, for people that sure. they can be eating during and postnatally. Sure, exactly. Yeah, supplements-wise, um, it's so true. I mean, God, your iron levels um, are completely depleted when you, after you've given birth. And it's so true, like you can be bleeding for weeks after you've given birth. So it's so important that you, you do take things to support and replenish your nutrients. I mean, generally your supplements that you, you're taking after you've given birth, I've really got to do a number of things. You know, they've got to repair uh, the damage that's been done through uh, the labour, uh, they need to basically replenish um, the nutrients that you would have lost during your pregnancy and um, also through the labour. And as you say, the first stages of motherhood, you're, you've really got to sort of work hard to replenish all your nutrient stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you really want to help um, with the, the milk production so that, you know, that your milk supply is, is comes in and it's, you know, it's good and solid. Because you could imagine if your body has to produce this milk and if your body is completely low in nutrients and, and, and really struggling, your milk supply is not going to be as, as high as you'd like it to be. Yeah. And the quality is also going to be massively affected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the milk production is really important for your baby as well. Um, so you, if you can't, you know, you do this for both you and your baby, just make sure that you're, um, you know, really thinking about both of you in these first stages and also just yeah, supporting your adrenals and your thyroid and just making sure that you've got the energy to be able to cope with those first stages of motherhood. I mean, you're so sleep deprived at the beginning, you know, you're feeding every couple of hours. You really need all the help you can get with just keeping your energy levels up. So, you know, your supplements that you're taking are sort of really going to help you with all these things um, to get you back on track and feeling, you know, your old self again. So um, I think the, 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 the key um, supplement for me that I am um, taking now that I um, really love is um, the, a methyl multivitamin and mineral complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I'm saying um, a methylated form, because it contains methylated uh, B vitamins, B12 and, and, and folate, basically means that they are in their most bioavailable and active form. So your body can utilize them um, really well, very easily. 
So um, some people have um, problems um, utilizing and absorbing um, the, the synthetic form of folate, which is folic acid. Um, so, um, and some people also have problems with utilizing the the natural form folate. So. Um, Basically, in your body, your, your body has to add a methyl group to the folate to actually be able to use it. So by actually having a supplement which has already had the methyl group added to your folate, it basically means that your body can use it straight away and much more easily. So um, I uh, always say, you know, if if you've got a choice and you do wonderfully in, um, you know, in, in, in Holland and Europe and um, the states and probably you know I haven't looked too much into Australia but I'm sure as well there you know that, that you can get these methylated multivitamins and minerals and my two favorite um, are thorn um, do a great um, methyl multi called um, prenatal and um, biocare do a great one as well and they've just bought out a new one which is a methylated um, pregnancy multi um, nutrient complex. So that one I'd say was great, and it's got really good levels of all your um, vitamins and minerals um, that you need to support you during your pregnancy, but also after when you you know in your first um, stage of of motherhood. So I would say you know you keep taking those supplements. Um, the multivitamins that you've been taking during your your pregnancy that you continue to take those especially when you're breastfeeding I mean even if you're not breastfeeding I would still continue to take them just to sort of help replenish everything in your body that has been lost um, during during your pregnancy so that would be my kind of first one that I'd say um, you know keep taking them um, uh as I said, as long as you're breastfeeding and if um, you're not breastfeeding, I would say for at least three months, I would say, and in, and, and maybe even a bit longer if you can. And then you can go back onto it. I would say a good, you can also just get a, a, a general methylated uh, multivitamin uh, mineral complex, which I would say just continue doing just to so, help with everything that I said before. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit mumstheWordPodcast.com. So what about the woman that is maybe trying to get pregnant and she's not pregnant yet? Is is there a problem if she takes the methylated prenatal one that there's something that she doesn't need in there at that point that, that, you know, there's too much that she's taking too much? Obviously the baby would take some nutrition. Is there? Sorry, that's breaking up a little bit. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So is there anything in it? I don't think so. I think that she will be good because it's actually meant for, you know, prenatal it's it's meant for four as well yeah yeah it's for it's for everything yeah they're great they're two great ones the biocare one and the thorn ones have um really good levels and really bioavailable um um quality uh vitamins and minerals so i would say it's absolutely not a problem so she's not going to get a build up of something that she doesn't need at that point that's kind of my question no, I don't think so. I think she'll be okay. You know, I think if, if she's trying to get pregnant and I mean, she can always have uh, vitamin and mineral levels checked beforehand if she wants, you know, that's the, the you can test to see whether you're, you're low in particular areas. But I think when you're trying to get pregnant, it's good to have like a good basis, like a good foundation. And this yeah. gives you that good foundation. Yeah. And then you know, you may need more of one particular vitamin and mineral, which you can take if if you have it checked. Um, but it, it just gives you a good foundation to work from. 
Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and another really important one is obviously your your good healthy fats. So, you know, your, your fish oils, I would say, is another supplement that you should be taking during your pregnancy and continue taking um, afterwards as well. Um, you know, your omega-3, basically, your EPA and DHA, I think it's uh, really important for um, for the baby's brain um, heart um, and eye development, but it's also really good for um, supporting your immune system of the mother, you know, that's obviously trying to repair itself and maybe fight any off in an infection and inflammation. You know, your, your omega-3s is, is brilliant for supporting that um, and also for postnatal depression as well. Um, there's been a lot of studies showing sign, uh, sort of links between um, women that are very low in their omega three and essential good essential fatty acids, you know your your healthy fats, and and suffering with um, depression during pregnancy as well as post um, natally. So um, I think that's a really important one that you you should continue to take. Um, and it also you know those fats will be going into your breast milk as well, and they'll be you'll be giving them to your baby, uh, and the baby will take them from you whether you have them there or not. So this is where you know. Mm-hmm. Your, your, it will affect your, your mind and it, it's really important for you to, to make sure that you're keeping your levels up as well so that you're supported as well. I think that's really important. And uh, so that's be my second one. So your good miso multi, your fish oils. And then um, I think especially if you're pregnant during the winter months when you're not getting any sunlight, um, vitamin D, um, you know, D3 particularly is a really good one to take. Um, because basically um, it's really, really important for bones because what vitamin D uh, D in general does is basically helps you absorb the calcium that you take in your foods. Um, So if you're you're very low on your vitamin D, then you're not absorbing the calcium that you're eating. So um, it's, it's, you know, your, 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 the calcium isn't being absorbed in your body. So therefore, you know that the baby's going to take the calcium again from you, whether you uh, whether the stores are there or not. So you, you know they'll take it from your bones. So just to make sure that you you supplement with vitamin D three. Um, and do you have any good good brands? And would it be a thousand uh, un- micro units? Well, they say in total after you've given birth um, about two thousand IU's. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the breastfeeding mother and they say you know a breastfeeding mother definitely needs to supplement. Um, um, and you know for the baby as well vitamin D3 mm-hmm. is really important so about 2,000 I use um, in total but if, you, if you're taking a, a multi be careful because obviously there, there's probably some vitamin D3 in that as well so you've got to include that in your total mm-hmm. um, and make sure that you know you don't go over that amount but um, in, in total about 2,000 so and then as I say it's really useful for your bones it also supports your immune system and uh, again there's been studies around um, it having sort of um, protective effects against depression. So, um, you know, if you're worried about postnatal depression, this is really uh, important and uh, important vitamin to think about. And do you have um, any great uh, brands? Oh, sorry, great brands. Um, yeah, again, I'm a bit of a Biocare fan. I think that they've got a great yeah. uh, vitamin D3, but um, I would say... Um, I've just completely forgotten about another one begins with this spray. Mm-hmm. What's it called? I forgot. It's gone from my mind. Better. 
better days but yeah it's um there's quite a few out there but there's but I would just say make sure when you're buying your um vitamin d that you do go for the d3 because again that's the most bioavailable um and easy to absorb form of the vitamin so um a lot of them have vitamin d2 I would say really you want vitamin d3 if you can yeah that's definitely the best form um other than that I would say um supplement wise you uh would be good to take um, a probiotic, especially, um, you know, I think during your pregnancy, taking probiotics for me is absolutely essential. Um, it's, um, they've done a lot of studies around uh, basically it helping with colic in the unborn child. And, you know, and I think after you've given birth, you know, just making sure that your 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 gut flora, your beneficial gut flora, is is at its uh, most optimum, just to be able to help fight um, any infections and to sort of support your immune system. Um, it can help with thrush as well. Like you know, another thing, wonderful thing that can happen after you've given birth. You know, the the baby can get thrush in its mouth, and and you get thrush on your nipples, and it can be very painful. Um, and you can actually take a bit of the probiotic powder and, and put it on your nipple and rub it in your baby's mouth to, to help um, deal with any thrush. So um, probiotics are absolutely amazing things, and I would highly recommend it. The other good thing that they're good for is um, constipation, and I have to say that's definitely one thing you don't want after you've given birth is uh, constipation because, you know, going to the toilet for the first time after you've given birth is quite an experience. Um, you know, it's, it feels very sore down there. And the last thing you really want to do is to, to, to have to be constipated and that, you know, to, for it to be harder than it needs to be. And probiotics can really help with softening your stools um, and, and making those stools easier to pass. So um, really I would say if you're not taking them yet, definitely by your third trimester, be taking your probiotics and continue taking them. Um, and uh, because it also, if, if you're with foods that you're eating, it helps to break down those foods and then pull up, you know, bring out the best nutrients for your body to absorb and it makes them more easy for your body to absorb. So it's an absolute win, win, win with probiotics. <laughs> I'm always, I'm often talking about this all the time. And I just say, I absolutely love them. Um, I can't too. recommend them highly too. enough to people. Um, so yeah, so that's the other one. And um, with with going back to constipation, um, vitamin C um, can be really uh, really useful um, to um, help with softening the stools. Um, with vitamin C, with rosehip, you can get. Um, I think you can get the bike. You can get them. I know the brand. Um, that you see all the time um, in Amsterdam. I just Solga. come from my mind. Solga. Solga. They do with a vitamin C with rosehip as well. And that's great for collagen production. So also helping with the healing of any tears or wounds that you might have after the birth. So really, um, really, really useful. And, of course, vitamin C is one for your immune system. I think most people know that, you know, talk about it for colds and things but of course your immune system needs help after um the birth so 
you know, vitamin C is really great. Again, it's in the methyl multivitamin or your multivitamin complex normally, um, but they usually don't put in a very high dosage of vitamin C because it is very bulky. It takes up a lot of room on a multi. So you might find your multivitamin only has like 250 um, milligrams, um, whereas you can have up to about 2000. Um, so, you know, you can supplement a little extra vitamin C, especially at the beginning, just to help build you up again. And to help, as I said, with um, any constipation you might be having. And also the other important thing about vitamin C that I mustn't forget is obviously with if you're taking iron supplements, the vitamin C um, basically helps with absorption of iron. So it's really important to make sure either the supplement that you're taking for iron has vitamin C in it or that you take vitamin C alongside it just to help with the absorption of the iron um, and that's one thing I was going to mention, you know, if you have lost a lot of blood like I had, um, the, you know, you're usually given an iron supplement to take. Um, but the best form of iron that you want to take after you've given birth, that's um, not constipating, because what you can find with iron um, supplements is that they can be very constipating, which is the last thing you want um, when you've just given birth. So the the, the form of uh, the sort of more gentle form of iron is um, iron uh, citrate, because um, this is the most gentle and non-constipating kind, but also the kind that you can absorb very well. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's important that, that you have it with the, with the vitamin C, like I said. So um, um, also... You know, with uh, with just trying to stop the constipation as well. Something else um, that's just sprung into mind is obviously um, magnesium. Magnesium is also very good for um, helping with any problems with constipation. And um, but as I said, the 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 methyl multi or the multivitamins that you're having usually have magnesium in. But the best kind of magnesium that you want is magnesium citrate. Um, uh, because this is the one that is the best for, for relieving constipation. So I think, you know, those are, seems like quite a long list there, but I guess your key ones are your multivitamin, your fish oils, um, your probiotics. Um, I think those are your, your key kind of ones that you should be taking daily without fail. If you can, you know, have your little, um, your little pots next to your where you go, you know, maybe to make your, your tea in the morning, just have them sort of nearby just to remind yourself not to forget to take them. So I think those are the sort of key ones for me. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, I would love to move into Gillian, the mum, a little bit again. And oh, have, sorry, I've completely forgotten to talk about foods. <laughs> Talking about supplements, you did ask me about foods as well, didn't you? Do sorry. You wanna, do you want to run through some so, foods? Really, yeah, just really quickly. Some just um, I know, obviously, as I said, you want to. I think the, the general rule of thumb for foods um, was. You know, you want really nutrient dense um, whole foods um, as the sort of key, just sort of going for real foods um, rather than ready made processed foods. Um, and the key with uh, your diet afterwards, I say, is all in the planning. So just make sure you freeze everything in your third trimester, like make meals up from scratch and put them in your freezer. Um, bone broths, um, I can't recommend highly enough. It's just, if you can, just try and have at least, I would say try and have a cup every day if you can, if not at least three times a week. Just make up, you know, like a chicken bone broth or a beef or a vegetable bone broths 
freeze them and then you can defrost them and they, you know you can keep them in your fridge for up to about three days so and, and the but and the bone broths are amazing sources of minerals um and uh, really easy for your body to digest and absorb so um uh, i think with with your diet it is really key that you just make sure that you you really plan in your third trimester get everything um ready for after the birth because i tell you one thing you don't have much time for is meal preparation when you've just given birth you know uh you really are just dealing with everything that sort of comes with looking after your baby so looking after yourself is 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 a lot harder so um making sure you do that um freezing and you know ask family members ask friends your support network to really help you out with um your meals i think that's one area that you know you need the most help with you know people offer help and you know you're thinking about the baby but actually it's for you i think the best help that friends and family can give is your to support you and make sure that you're being looked after um so yeah so um your veggies obviously most really important you're having your dark green leafy veg um so the uh, I would say if you could try, I mean, my the Kramsorg, the midwife um, nurse that I had after um, my second child, I asked her to make me a green juice in the morning every day just um, to sort of give me a little bit of an extra boost. Just uh, So just putting things in there like celery, cucumber, you know, some leafy greens, some parsley, that kind of thing, just really um, to give you that boost in the morning, but just making sure, you know, you're eating eggs. You've really got to up your protein uh, intake in general. So I think the most important thing to think about is just um, having a protein with your your meals and snacks. So really um, having sort of like eggs for breakfast, if you can have like either a softboard or a poached egg, um, have that for breakfast and just always think if you're having a snack that it's not just a carb um, that you're having something with it like nuts and seeds um, you know or some hummus or something like that just to make sure that you're you know really um, building um, your body back up because one thing that the protein is doing is all the repair within your body so you that's why you have to increase your protein during your pregnancy and you also should do it for your first um you know the first period after you've given birth just make sure you're having protein um for all your meals and snacks um and one thing i would think about with just where you do your breastfeeding or where you're feeding you have a big bowl of like washed ready to eat fruit like a you know some blueberries in a pot that you can literally just grab a handful and put in your mouth as you're passing or you're sitting there um and just have like a bowl of nuts as well that you can just also just grab and eat you just want to make everything as accessible and easy as possible um i think that is key <laughs> for yeah. any any new mom and you know i think that's definitely something i'm going to be doing for this one as well just having fresh re- ready washed fruit near where you're going to be spending time because the moment you sit down to breastfeed you go oh i'm thirsty oh I'm hungry and of course you can't move for the next maybe <laughs> 20 minutes half an hour 40 minutes so you just have a station like a, a table whatever next to your breastfeeding place or your feeding where you're going to feed your baby and have a big jug of water with a glass and have a bowl of um, easy to eat fruit um, and a bowl of nuts and seeds you know that you can just kind of nibble on while the baby's feeding so I think it's really key just to make everything as easy for yourself as possible. 
Um, and of course, your healthy fats. You know, the the baby will be taking a lot of the fats from your body, and uh, it's really important that you're eating the healthy fats like olive oil, like coconut oil, avocados, fish, nuts, seeds. Those things are really beneficial for you and the baby, and really avoid your processed fats. Um, things with trans fats in. I was reading something the other day that seventeen um, percent um, for women that were eating um, you know, more processed food, um, the trans fats were actually going into the breast milk um, and and being transferred to the baby, and that's something you really don't want because those trans fats are really inflammatory and really damaging. So make sure you're eating your good, healthy fats, your real natural fats. That's really really important, and of course, not forgetting your water. Obviously, I mentioned that, you know, you need to have a jug next to your feeding table, but also just make sure that you you drink at least two litres a day. Your milk production will be really low if you're dehydrated um, and you will feel awful as well and your constipation will be bad. So I can't stress enough how important it is. And you can have herbal teas, you know, and if you find water hard to drink, add some cucumbers to it or add some berries some mint leaves, you know, put a jug with some nice piece of fruit in it just make it more interesting for you to drink and uh, and you know you can always drink warm water if you find cold water hard to drink I personally find cold water quite hard to drink so I always generally have warm water to drink instead and I find it you drink it much more easily so um sorry I ran through that quite quickly but it's just sort of no it's perfect, it's uh, perfect. just give some tips really about what sort of things to eat um uh, but one thing I should say, just to be aware of, that uh, if you're doing juicing and you're using green veg, uh, cruciferous vegetables can make the baby quite windy. Um, I was speaking to a friend and she's having this at the moment. She's like, my God, my baby's so windy and I can't work out why. And I said, how are you eating a lot of broccoli and uh, kale and cruciferous veg? And she was like, yes. And I said, well, you just have to be maybe careful. It, it might be just one of the things. It might not be all of them. And it might not be that at all. Like, you know, um, your baby might be getting wind. It might um, react a little bit to onions as well, or garlic or spicy foods. So um, you just... Uh, just be aware, maybe if your baby gets windy, maybe keep a note of what you ate. And so maybe you can get a bit of an idea of something's making your baby a little bit windy. But um, but generally, I would say a green juice is, is a great way to start the day. Try and focus more on veggies, not, not on the fruits so much. I think that's key when you're doing juicing. Good tips, good tips. Okay, well, let, let's uh, move into, I'd love to hear a quote or an affirmation of you, uh, from you. Sure. I think um, one that um, sprung to mind when, I, when, when you mentioned this was um, value progress over perfection. I think that's one that I'm trying to sort of live by on a general basis for my business as well, for everything, you know, in terms of just – you know, sometimes I think you're so focused on being everything being perfect that uh, you 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 sort of you get sort of fear or you get scared about doing something. You just sort of think, no, you've got to realize that any progress that you're making is good. Um, and I think women can be so hard on themselves when they've become uh, a new mum. You know, they really are hard on themselves about when things don't go just right. Um, and I think does, you don't have to be so hard on yourself. You know, you're doing great. You know, the baby's getting 
bigger and is well and you know you're doing all the right things you just got to realize that you're you're doing well you don't have to be perfect and believe me there's no such thing as the perfect mum. everyone has their different way of doing every uh, doing things and you'll get a lot of advice and you have to find your own way through it all so I think that's really important just to think to yourself look just value progress over perfection just really sort of think I'm doing well things are going well yeah exactly I agree I agree okay well I'd love you to share some invaluable resources for the listeners um anything that you'd love to share yeah I think um there was a few uh, books which really helped um which are well ones that I've read and I thought I wish I'd read this earlier this is so fantastic and I have to say in a maze guide to childbirth out of all the books um, that I read, and I only read it after my um, when I was pregnant with my second, and I wished I'd read it when I was pregnant with Duke. But um, she's this uh, midwife with like thirty years' experience. She's from the states, and um, she does a, a lot of natural births. And basically, it's her experiences over those thirty years. And the book is filled with positive birth experiences. And I can say that it's so fantastic to read one positive birth experience after another, you know, it's sort of really, it's not refreshing to hear when, you know, you hear so many people telling you stories about things that have gone wrong during labor when you're pregnant. So I think that book for me was really, really um, helped to kind of calm everything in my mind and make me realize that it can be, a, you know, it doesn't have, things don't always go wrong. It, there's a lot of people that have done it naturally and it's gone perfectly well. So I think, for any first-time mum um, who's is pregnant, I would say get that book. It's a really, really good one. Um, another good one, which was more lighter, because I find you know a lot of the pregnancy books can be quite heavy and not particularly. It can be a bit boring. Um, and Kaz Cook's Rough Guide to Pregnancy and Birth. Do you know yeah. that one? Yeah, that made me laugh so much. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was definitely my favourite read when I went to bed in the evening. <laughs> She's just so funny. <laughs> and just she's Australian yeah she is yeah. <laughs> and, we're, we're uh, all really really funny don't you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was she was so good and I think she was I, yeah, I found her absolutely hilarious so I, I think that one is a great read and just lightens the whole yeah. experience and yeah. just sort of makes yeah. you realize don't take yeah. it all too seriously um and um for um the sort of early stages there's a website called kellymum.com and she's a lactation consultant yeah, yeah. you know that one and yeah. she's got loads of really useful information on there and um I think wow that's a really great resource so um I would definitely recommend that to sort of read about for your first stage after giving birth um also um a great one from nutrition point of view which is an easy read and i've recommended it to friends and um and to clients and said this is just a great book that you'll love reading is um optimum nutrition for your child by patrick holford and Deb- deborah colson yeah i know that one um yeah it's just it's a really good read and a good reference if you're ever kind of thinking about general um you know he one of your lecturers also yeah he, well he was one of the people that set up the the foundation of the the course yeah, yeah. so um patrick holford he's, he's done a, a yeah, huge he's range yeah. of books yeah and um 
and you know he he's uh, he's really made nutrition accessible and that was kind of one of the reasons why I kind of decided to go through the course as well his optimum nutrition bible where um, mm-hmm. I read that one years ago a friend bought it for me and that's kind of like sort of sparked an interest as well so yeah he's um, he makes it really easy to digest really manageable it's a, he's, he does he's a really great author in that sense he makes it really easy for people to sort of get their head around the whole area of nutrition, which can be quite complicated and confusing sometimes. Um, and my other favourite um, was Raising Boys by Steve uh, Biddulph. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, that, it, I, as I said, I mean, I grew up in a house of women. Um, I had two sisters. Um, even the pets were female. You know, I grew up in a baby female. My poor father was totally outnumbered by all the, the feminine hormones in the house. And um, and then I had two boys and I was like, oh my God. And you know, my husband's one of three boys. He's kind of like the opposite. And I just keep saying to him, is this normal? You know, is this what I should be expecting? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of what boys do. And so I think um, raising boys for me was just really like a great resource to sort of what to expect at the different stages and what boys are going through um really helped me to sort of try and understand uh, boys a bit better and it's a really positive book as well so I really enjoyed reading that so I think um those are my kind of things that oh, I think great. books that have really sort of stayed with me that I thought I would definitely recommend those to other people yeah yeah fantastic no great great tips um well I would really love you to share how people can best get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing and obviously your website and things like that if you could share all your details I'd love that yeah thanks um basically the best um thing to do is either go to my Facebook page which is obviously www.facebook.com forward slash gk nutrition where I'm often posting on there and my blog messages go up there as well. Um, And that tells you a lot about um, what I'm doing here in Amsterdam. And um, also my website, um, you can get all my details through there and check out my blog, which is um, www.gilliancolkman.com. That's G-I-L-L-I-A-N, Colkman, spelled K-O-L-K-M-A-N.com. So those are probably the easiest way to get my contact details and to see my blog. Um, And I'll probably be sharing a few things that I mentioned today. on there as well um so yeah so that's probably the easiest way to get in touch love it thank you so much told yeah, you welcome. told you it was going to be fun yeah it was fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you for asking me it was great no and thank you for sharing all those uh, other tips for new mums that often don't get spoken about it's like opened my eyes about a little bit oh maybe we should do a little bit of a placenta you know no one really even reminds you that you birth the baby and and you have to birth a placenta it's like oh yeah right so all those other tips were really really fantastic yeah no of course and you know it's yeah it's great to be able to share isn't it you sort of you go when you first have your first one go is it normal this happens and people go you know mums who who, you know already know yeah yeah that happens but so yeah it's good to know I think the one thing that if I could share just before we go go off is that the the feeding in the first few days that the uterine contractions that you have postpartum no one ever talks to you about it and I have to say they were worse than the labor contractions for me Exactly, and then, and then apparently when I was having them again or about to have them, my midwife said to me, "Yeah, they're worse second time round." 
I was like, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks. You know, I know. I, I would so do my birthday thing, breathing yeah, through exactly. that. I had to do your birth. I would suggest that to anyone. You just do your birth thing yeah, breath. Yeah. I was to get you through that. That because is it's so, so intense. Has the baby first breastfeeds the oxytocin that shrinks the uterus? I mean, it's it's just something that people need to know about because you feel like, huh, huh? I've been so short. No one told me about this part. You know, thought I'm through it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all those lovely little things which yeah. um yeah. Yeah. you don't get to hear about <laughs> just sprung on you well, you, do, you do hear on mum's the word that's what we're doing yeah for. exactly and that's that's the great thing about this it's wonderful that you know there's a place that you know women come to listen to I hope all so. these things and sort of help prepare them for what's ahead i hope so so anyone listening that would be great if you shared the the episode that would be fantastic and um well thanks for having you on uh jillian really Hi. yeah that's great thanks so much for asking you're welcome bye. okay cheers bye, bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.